like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you do not follow me on Instagram, please give me a follow at English Encore Podcast. We are back with another NBA podcast episode. I am joined by my co-host, Zach Hamill. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing well, man. What's going on? Not too much. I think this is probably one of my favorite times of the year. NBA Summer League just finished. You know, the MLB is right in the thick of playoff race. NFL is starting. Um, NBA is going to be starting up regular season here shortly. Um, at just a good overall time. Hockey will be coming back soon, too. Um, and nothing like NBA Summer League to kind of get things geared up as the NBA season is going to be starting here in, you know, a little over a month and a half. Yeah, the Cavs made a bad trade today. That's how you know the season's about to start. <laughs> Giving Laurie Markin in the bag. Yeah, nothing like uh, drafting a big man to save your franchise and then spending like a kajillion dollars on Kevin Love, Laurie Markinen, and uh, Jared Allen. Yeah, nothing nothing quite like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, the last time we talked, we kind of broke down all the big um, trades and signings that happened, whether that was Russell Westbrook, Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, um, all that sort of stuff. We're going to kind of do something we did pretty much starting off as we did together last year and picking our five breakthrough players. Um, last year, you know, we kind of hit on a few. I think we both had Darius Baisley. Um, I think I had Duncan and Lonzo Ball. Um, I want to say you had Lonnie Walker and some other people as well. Um, so definitely some names that we hit on. I'm sure some we missed on as well. Um, so we're kind of going to start there, and I'll let you kind of go first. Um, when I was doing this, I was kind of looking at the second, third-year guys the most. Um, who are – Who's your number one player you think is kind of going to break through onto the scene and have a really good year this year? Um, I'll start with the most obvious one because this guy's already, you know, pretty well known. But I have Robert Williams from the Celtics. I just think with a new coach, new system, um, every time he played last year, I kind of looked at him as like, um, you know, what else does he need to show Stevens to be the starting center on this team? I think they played better with him. I think he gets better every year. Um, I think if they feature him, which they paid him like they're going to, they extended him, I think he's going to become um, a really good two-way player. Like, I don't think he's going to be the focus or anything, but all he's got to do is rim run and get a little better on defense. And I think he's, he's a better passer than he gets credit for. Incredibly athletic. And um, I think you'll see a trend for today. I'm pretty high on the Celtics going into next year. So he's uh, he's my first pick. Yeah, definitely a great name there. I'm going to stick with another guy who's kind of a power forward center combo. I'm going to go with PJ Washington of the Hornets. Um, I think he has a very unique skill set. I think the Hornets are one of the more intriguing teams um, overall this upcoming season, just because they have a lot of young talent. Um, I think he has consistently gotten better each of his first couple of years, but I think he still has room to grow. Um, and I think another year with this coach in the system with LaMelo, with Bridges, Rozier and these other guys, I think he's really going to flourish um, in a bigger role, which I think they're going to expect him to take this year. 
Yeah, he's he's one of the few guys that Cal Perry had come back at Kentucky, and uh, it really is up to him. Like, it's not up to the players anymore. Like, he tells them to go or stay, and he, he got way, way better um, from year one to year two. His jump shot got a lot better. He's a really good free throw shooter. I like him, too. He's really smart. Um, yeah, they're they're definitely high in my league pass uh, rankings next year. They're a fun team, and I, I like that pick, too. Um, my next one is, is Kyra Lewis or Kira Lewis on the Pelicans. Uh, they drafted him. He was still 17 or 18 years old or something crazy. He was the youngest player in the league. Really, really fast. I think Devontae Graham comes in there, um, and I just think he's going to lose his starting job to Lewis at some point this year. I really like him. Um, it hasn't really clicked yet, but I just think he's still kind of figuring out the NBA pace and how to play with his speed and slow down at the same time. But um, they're going to need a lot out of somebody at the point guard spot, and I think he's going to be the guy to step up. Yeah, I mean, they went through a gazillion different guards last year between Lonzo, Bledsoe, um, Alexander Walker, um, just different guys throughout the entire year. I mean, Zion obviously could even bring the ball up at certain points. Um, I like Kira Lewis a lot as well. I don't think Devontae Graham's anything special. He's going to get played off the court defensively. Um, we've talked about him um, before. He's really just a good three-point shooter, isn't going to go into the paint. Um, I think Kira Lewis does do all the things that kind of Devontae Graham doesn't do, so I completely agree with you there. Um, my second pick is also a more obvious one, um, and I'm dealing with Patrick Williams on the Bulls. Um, I think he's going to have such a big role for that team. I know, obviously, them acquiring Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan in the offseason um, kind of makes the Bulls kind of jump off the page, you know, as far as one of the more improved teams in the offseason, obviously with Levine and Vucevic there. Um, especially now with the trade today of Lori Markin and going, I think they're going to expect a lot from Patrick Williams, who last year I think he was kind of that question mark um, as far as when the Bulls picked him of whether he was going to be good or not. Um, I think he was pretty good last year. I mean, I think he's going to take another uh, big step this year. I think he's really solid defensively, um, and I think his jump shot's going to really improve this year, and he's going to play um, a much bigger role for the Bulls um, on that team than I think people are going to really realize. I like it. Yeah, they're going to go as he goes, as his development goes, because he's really their only stopper um, in the front court. So if he if he can uh, take a big jump, it's going to determine a lot for them, for uh, just for overall depth and, you know, how, how high their ceiling goes. Uh, I have another second-year guy here, kind of the same type of player, a little bit more offensively talented. I have Jaden McDaniels from the, from the Timberwolves. Damn, I um, picked him too. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> he's balling he, uh, in summer league. Yeah, he's he had a really quiet, nice year last year. They they were a mess like they always are, um, but he was a he was a big bright spot of it. You know, Washington always has these guys that don't really do anything in college and, and come to the NBA and, and splash. I don't know what that's about, but um, they have an eye for talent. I know that, and he's just he's a fun six nine forward. He can do a lot with the ball. Pretty good defensively. Um, you know, I think he's going to end up playing a lot of minutes and closing a lot of games for them this year. I really like what I saw from him. Dang, now I got to transition. I mean, I had some extra guys just in case this happened. But, yeah, I completely agree. Um, he was really fun to watch in summer league. I didn't realize how dynamic of a player he was um, on both ends of the floor. And I think he is going to play um, a big role for the Timberwolves, as you just mentioned. Um, I'm going to go with Rui Hachimura from the Wizards. Um, I think they have a really unique team. Um, that we kind of touched upon before. They just have so many guys at, you know, in the front court, whether it's Kuzma, uh, Montrez, Harrell, you have Thomas Bryant coming back. 
Hachimura, Gafford. Um, Hachimura is really going to need to take that big step this year. Um, I think it's really going to determine how much he's going to earn in his next contract. Um, he's always been a really solid player. He's just been a little inconsistent at times, and obviously injuries um, have hampered him. But I think they're really going to look to him um, to kind of be that you know second, third guy to Bradley Beal. Obviously, he's going to be number one option. I think Dinwiddie, um, Hachimura, Kuzma, two of those three guys are kind of that second, third. Um, I really think Hachimura can step up and be um, that number two guy, um, especially because I think when you look at the Eastern Conference, you don't see Hachimura is just a little bit different um, in his role. I feel like obviously Giannis, Katie, those guys stand out at the three, four spot. I think he just plays a little bit more traditionally than those guys. He's not going to um, kill you physically, but he just has such a unique skill set because he's really good around the rim. I think his perimeter shooting's gotten a lot better. Um, and I think he's just a really unique talent. Yeah, I like it. I think they'll play a lot more pick and roll with Dinwiddie than they did with Russ. Russ was a kind of a lot of just chaos and running the floor. And Rui's just, like you just said, he's not really that kind of guy. But he can pick and pop, and he can do some stuff on the block. And, yeah, I mean, I think you'll see him at the five a bit, too. They're, they're, like we said before, there's a trade coming for them, I think, just to clear up that log jam. But I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they like him. Um, my next one is Chuma Okiki for the Magic. Um, he he they took him they needed help, you know, at every spot, and they still took him with a torn ACL in the top ten. Uh, he came back last year and had a pretty decent season. His it was just like he was like his Blake Griffin rookie year, you know, where he, well, he was a second year guy, but it was a rookie because he missed the whole first year with an injury. Um, he's really offensively talented. Um, he's a Bruce Pearl Auburn guy. He's tough as nails, and I just think they're they're gonna be a fun squad. They're gonna be a, have a lot of guys who can score next year. Um, I, I think he's him and Isaac are going to solidify themselves as the front court for the future for them. For sure. I completely agree. And I'm actually going to stick with a different Orlando magic player. Um, they kind of have a log jam at guards, but I'm going to go with RJ Hampton. Um, really unique talent um, at the guard position for how big he is. Uh, I think the f- past few years you've kind of seen, I wouldn't say he was lost, but I feel like he didn't really know um, what parts of a, his game he needed to um, use in the at the NBA level, if that makes sense. Because I think he was thrown in sporadically with the Nuggets, where I think last year at the end of the year with Orlando, he kind of was just let able to do um, all the things uh, that he really didn't have the opportunity to do with the Nuggets. I mean, obviously him and Jalen Suggs are really good friends. Fultz, his injury history is obviously a concern. Um, and I think Hampton and Suggs are going to, you know, be the two guys over Cole Anthony and Fultz um, going forward. I think it might take later in the season to do that. But um, I think if he can improve his three-point shooting a little bit, I think he's really good at drawing fouls and getting the rim. I think defensively he gets lost at times, um, but I think that's something that can be fixed with coaching. Um, I think he is really going to be interesting for them. And I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but they could be right on that edge of, you know, playoff bubble spot or in the play-in games, and I think he's going to be a big part of it if they want to go where they want to go. Yeah, I agree with you that it'll end up being him and Suggs with everybody else coming off the bench. Um, I think they did a really good job waiting for the right deal for Gordon, and um, they really got some nice value back for, with there um, with Hampton. And then for my fifth one, I'm, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I'm trying to speak it into existence. It would happen if he played. But it's it's B ball Paul Reed from the Sixers. 
Um, they put him down in the G League. He dominates. He comes in in garbage time. He dominates. He goes to summer league. He dominates. Last year, Doc Rivers was obsessed with playing Dwight. And then, then when I finally think this kid's going to be able to back up and beat and play, they signed Andre Drummond. I almost puked. But I'm hoping that Doc sees the light at some point and Reed it becomes the backup five because he really is. He went to DePaul. He's really um, got nice touch on offense. He runs the floor really well. Every time I see him play, I think that's an NBA player. And I don't know what Doc, I don't know what Rivers' deal is, but uh, he, he, I don't know. I'm hoping he can see the court. If he does, I know he's going to do well. Yeah, when Andre Drummond signed with the 76ers, I also had the similar throw-up in my mouth thought. I didn't really know what that whole thing was about. I know Dwight left, but Andre Drummond with Joel Embiid is quite the uh, interesting combination if they ever play together. Um, I have a couple names that I have in mind. Kind of, Actually, one of them was Isaiah Joe on the 76ers. But I'm going to go with a more obvious one um, from the Lakers and Horton Tucker. Um I feel like his name has been thrown around a lot, and I feel like he's well-known in the NBA circles now. And I feel like there's this perception that he's a super good player, but I feel like I haven't really seen enough to truly judge him. And they're going to expect him to play quite a big role, especially with you know losing Caruso and some of their other depth players, especially with Kuzma, KCP, um, Harrell. Obviously, they signed like Carmelo Anthony, Howard, and a bunch of other veteran players. But Horton Tucker is going to have to play a ton of minutes, um, and they really don't have um, – you know, their guard depth is a little interesting. Obviously, Russ is there, and then they have none in Malik Monk. I think you could actually see Horton Tucker play some one this year. Um, I think he's just a really interesting player, and I think that – I don't know, from my perspective, I feel like he's gotten talked about a lot more over the past two years than maybe he's deserved because I just really haven't seen him jump off – um, the page as far as his play, but I think maybe this year um, he really jumps onto the scene. Yeah, he's going to have to. Um, they don't have a ton of shooting, so his jump shots kind of come, come and went. Iowa State's another school where it's just they, they have a bunch of players in the league where I'm like, I didn't see this guy play in college at all. But um, like you said, it, it hasn't been consistent, but he does show flashes here and there. He's more of an enticing guy than I think um, I'm sure about him or anything like that, but they wouldn't trade him for Lowry last year. They wouldn't move him for anything. So they, they like him internally. And, you know, the, the Lakers are the Lakers, and they get whatever they want whenever they want. And I know it pisses everybody off, but they really have done a good job of developing, you know, second-round guys and, and undrafted guys through the, through the last 10 years or so. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Lakers are obviously one of the more interesting teams here because of all the injuries last year. Everyone wants to say that, you know, the Suns wouldn't have made the finals if the Lakers were healthy, this, that, and the other. I think there's a lot for them to prove. I think the West is really strong this year, um, so definitely going to be interesting. Um, moving on to our preseason um, award picks, um, we had some hits last year. I believe you predicted Nikola Jokic, if I'm not mistaken, as the MVP. I could be completely wrong there, um, but I think that you did speak that into existence. Um, so let's start with MVP. Um, who do you think this year is going to be? So, yeah, I hit Joker last year. This year, I, I just can't – as much as I want to do some fun fun stuff, I, I just think it's Luca, Luca's year. Um, I know he's the favorite. It's not a very fun pick, but um, Jason Kidd is their coach. They're going to let him run the show. He's going to have the ball every single time. And I just think – I think he's one of the best players in the world. Um, they're going to be good, and their roster didn't really get any, any better. It's going to be all him. Um, you know, maybe – 
a fun one I think to throw in possibly is just on a long shot is Tatum, but I think under my head I got to pick Doncic. Yeah, I think Doncic is the easy choice here. I'm going to go a little bit off the map. This, I think, is going to be a little surprising. I don't think the name itself is that surprising, but I think if you're talking about MVP odds, he's not in the top five, maybe not even in top ten. But I'm going to go with it, roll the dice. I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell. I think the Jazz are a team that the previous couple years, they've been at the top of the Western Conference, have always been really good in the regular season. And then every year in the playoffs, Rudy Gobert gets blown off the floor. Donovan Mitchell doesn't really get as much help as he needs to. Mike Conley gets hurt. Um, And I think they just have a ton to prove. I've always liked Snyder as a coach. Um, I think that another year together with Clarkson coming off the bench again, hopefully a healthy Mike Conley. Um, I think this is a year where they hopefully finally get over that jump because I think them and the Nuggets are kind of that team that everyone roots for to get over that hump because they like to see the new up-and-coming talent. And I just really think that Donovan Mitchell, especially after the way he played in the playoffs last year, I think he has another gear in him that a lot of people haven't seen yet. And I'm going to pick him as a dark horse to win MVP. I like it. I think I think he's their best player by a long shot. Every year, the only thing that kills him is every year when it comes down to it, it comes down to like June. All the nerds in the league write how write about how Gobert is their best player, which we both agree is, is crazy. Yeah, but I I see it every single year. So hopefully next year that they'll after another playoff crap out this year they'll uh, they'll realize that he's by far the horse in that team. I I Paul, Paul George just popped in my head as a, as a fun one too. We'll see what happens with them because I know Kawhi's not playing, but if they miss the playoffs completely too, it would surprise me. So I don't want to. Put my name on that one. <laughs> uh, what about coach of the year? Oh, man. Um, you have one? Go ahead. I, I'm between two in my head right now. I'm going to go with Taylor Jenkins. From the Grays? Yes. And I think this will kind of come up in our next segment that we get to. But I think Memphis is a really unique team. I really liked what they did in the offseason. Um, I do think they downgraded a little bit from, you know, the Valanchunas to Adams move, but I like what they were doing as far as flipping some guys around, like with Patrick Beverly um, and, you know, being able to free up some more cap space for the future. Um, They didn't really lose a ton in the offseason. I'm really high on a lot of the guys that kind of burst on the scene last year for them with Desmond Bain, Tillman. Um, I think a full year healthy with Jaron Jackson Jr., um, I think Jaws only going to continue to improve. Um, I think that they could be a really sneaky team that could finish um, in the upper half. Um, and when I say upper half, I'm talking like four or five range. I feel like a lot of people think they're going to probably finish in that eight to 10 range again and maybe be playing um, in the playing game. But I'm really high on them. And I think that Taylor Jenkins has really done a really solid job with them. And I think they're going to continue um, to continue or to trend upward, especially with. Um, the court they have now. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Malone. Michael, sorry, Coach. <laughs> Michael, Michael Malone uh, in Denver. I just think the way that they played in the playoffs last year and the way they finished the year after Murray got hurt, I just think they he's good. Jokic is good enough to win without much help. And, you know, they get the, the elevation help at home. Their home record is going to be amazing like it is every year. I just think they're still going to be a home court advantage team when it's all said and done. And I think uh, – Without Murray, I think people I think Malone will finally get some credit for it. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think now a full year with Aaron Gordon on that team, I think they're going to look a lot different too because he kind of fits, you know, that offense perfectly, though, especially the way Jokic plays with, you know, Gordon doing back cuts and lobs and playing solid defense. And then the potential of Jamal Murray getting added to their roster by the end of the season come playoff time. I think that's a really good pick. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Um, defensive player of the year. I feel like this is always the same, you know, three to four names, but who do you got? I'm going to go with Dre. I think he should have won last year. Um, and then if Clay can give him, you know, half of what he usually does, I think they're going to be back in the mix. And then, you know, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and whoever is at the five is, is a better defensive lineup than whatever they had going last year. And he was still amazing last year. Um, I, I imagine he's working on getting his offense back a little bit. Uh, you know, I think they're all pretty pissed off that they've been left out of the equation for a while. I think they're going to come in with their heads on fire, and you're going to see the old Draymond, on, at least on defense. And uh, he's just a wizard, man, the way he way he anticipates stuff. Um, like I said, I think – you know what? I I, I was just thinking about, about Gobert. I still would, would have probably picked Simmons last year for defense player of the year. He's just so off my radar right now. But when I said Dre should have won, but Dre was still top three last year, and I think he, think he wins this year. Yeah, I actually also have Draymond Green. I think he has some motivation. Like you said, I think the Warriors as a whole have motivation. Um, I think his offensive game is going to come back, like you just mentioned. I think with Clay back on the court, I just think it opens up the offense so much more, and he kind of fits just right back in with getting his assist and, you know, not being, not saying he's afraid, but I feel like he's more willing to shoot the threes that when he's open compared to last year, where it's kind of just find wherever Steph is and let him shoot, which. I mean, greatest shooter of all time, so why not do that? But, yeah, I mean, Gobert, Simmons, Green. Yeah, um, if Simmons gets traded to Portland, we're really going to see his defensive value right, right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would go with Draymond, gun to head. Um, I mean, Gobert's always going to be in it. Um, if MB can stay healthy, you never know. He could throw his name in there. Um, Bam as well um, is a very versatile defender, too. Dylan uh, Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a wild card for that. Yeah, I agree with that. He is, I mean, Marcus Smart, too. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks might shoot you off the floor some games, kind of like the Marcus Morris effect, but um, he's definitely very good defensively. Yeah. Um, rookie of the year, um, I'm going to let you go first again. Um, I don't know if you're kind of just going to go, Kate, or you might go off the books a little bit and pick someone different. I think it's hard to. I want to pick Suggs. He's my he's my guy. But I just think I think Cade and Green are going to shoot the ball so many more times than any other, any other rookie in the world is going to next year. That it's got to be one of those two. Um, I just I think Houston's just going to let Green fire. So I'm picking Jalen Green. Yeah, I mean I think it's between those two. I do like Suggs. Um, there's part of me that going down further in the draft wants to see like a. Kaminga or someone like that kind of blow onto the scene. I'm gonna they go might, with- like him and him and like Cam Thomas might be like the most important rookies on like a, a winning team. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when they're looking at versus 27 points a game or whatever Green's gonna have next year, it's it's just not gonna be you know. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cade only because I guess I would I would honestly probably lean more towards Green as well. But I'm just interested in what they're gonna do, whether they keep John Wall or not. 
Um, because obviously if John Wall's on the court, I feel like John's still going to get his shots, and I think he's still going to pass the ball to Green a lot and get a lot of assists. Where Cade, I think the Pistons are just so bad, and they don't really have any other really big-name players or players that I even want to think talking about on this podcast um, that Cade's going to be able to just get his numbers left and right. Um, so I guess if, if Wall's not there, I would lean more towards Green, but I think with Wall and Wood there, I think um, – Obviously, Green's still going to get a ton of shots. I just think that um, Wall might take away from some of the other aspects like assists and rebounds um, that he could kind of add on for his rookie of the year case. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. Um, Most improved. I think this is always one of the more interesting ones to go with. Um, Yeah, let me me stick with my my guy from earlier, and I'll I'll say Robert Williams. I think think Emi Udoku was my other – uh, coach of the year pick that I was going between him and Malone. I just, I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it. I think extending smart, you know, mixing it up a little bit, getting Horford back as a backup. I think Boston is going to come for like a top three Eastern conference seed this year. I don't know why. And I just, I feel, I think across the board, they're going to be involved in these discussions. So let me take Robert Williams. All right. I like that pick. And I will also remind you in six months from now, if the Celtics are the seven or eight seed that you thought they'd be a top three seed. I think I was low on them last year and it worked. And I was right about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you were. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Patrick Williams for most improved um, just because I think the role he's going to play, especially now with marketing gone. I mean, I think you're looking at that lineup with Lonzo Levine, DeRozan, Williams, and Vucevic, I think Williams is going to have a significant role on that team. Um, I think he's going to put up some pretty nice numbers, and I think I'm going to have him um, for most improved. And then kind of closing it out with the six-man, I know it's a little hard to tell because you don't really know always right off the rip who the six-man is going to be, but who right off uh, – what is a name or two that comes to your head, maybe not even knowing if they're going to be a six-man or not? I think I'm going to steal yours and go with Oladipo today. No. Oh, that's what I think. I think they're going to bring him off the bench. He might close games, but that's not what they vote on. They vote on if you start or not. And I think it's a contract year. I think he'll come in ready to prove some stuff. I've never was that high on him, but I think it's a really nice spot for him there. So, you know, the guys will take seat, guys will take nights off like Lowry. I'm sure won't play 82 games. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I th- he, you think he's going to start? No, I don't think he is. Okay, yeah, that's then that, that's what I'm going with. I'm also going to take a Miami Heat player, but it's not Victor Oladipo. <laughs> I'm going to take Tyler Hero. <laughs> I think uh, last year, I think Miami is just really interesting because I really don't know who they're going to start. I think Lowry, Duncan, Jimmy, and Bam are obvious. I think that other spot is kind of where... Yeah, but it's Morris. Yeah, my guess is Morris um, and then Oladipo and Tucker. Tyler and Hero or and Tucker come off the bench kind of as that second unit. I think a six-man role, this is kind of the – it's almost like um, Ingles and Clarkson thing where you're going to have yeah, two guys. Yeah, really think about that when you pick, we pick two different guys. Um, and it's possible. And the thing with Hero is he blew up on the scene his first year, obviously, in the playoffs in the bubble. Last year he obviously didn't play well, um, was very inconsistent, um, had a lot of stuff going on off the court. Um, now hopefully this year he'll be a little bit more locked in. And I think even though last year that – his, you know, overall play, I think, looked worse. His numbers actually went up with points per game and, like, assists and rebounds, which is kind of weird because I thought he played a lot worse last year um, than his rookie year. But I think 
now with Lowry kind of locked in there, I think last year between the Dragic injury, not knowing if they wanted to start none, whether they liked playing Tyler at the one, um, I think him coming off the bench as a six man, being able to play the one or two, um, whether, you know, Gabe Vincent's in or Oladipo's running the one or Jimmy, whoever, even Bammed, um at certain points, um, I think it's going to let him kind of be free flowing. And I think you're going to see a lot more, I just think I just think consistency from him. I don't know if his numbers are necessarily going to go up, but I think Tyler could definitely come off the bench and average anywhere in that 15 to 17 range if he's really locked in and can kind of get back to that bubble form um, and shoot a high clip from three. Um, and I think, I mean, either one of those guys, Oladipo or Hero, could um, really blow up as a six-man. Yeah, I think last year with him, like he, he did party a lot, but, but I don't think that's why he struggled. I think it's because people were just ready for him. You know, he had a bigger name. There's a year of scouting. People probably didn't like how cocky he was. I think people were just ready to guard him a little bit harder than they would have a year before, a year prior. And he knows that. So I'm sure he's working on different shit. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a gut check. And he probably was like, oh, God, okay. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Because you come into the bubble, with, as, if you're him, you're probably like, wow, this is a breeze. And then the next year, it's, you know, it's off the sophomore slump. And guys are talking shit back to you and throwing you around a little bit. So, yeah, he'll be fine. And then one team in both the East and the West that we think are going to take a step up and a step down. Um, I'll go first this time just because you've been bringing up the Celtics a lot. Um, <laughs> I think the Celtics are going to be a team that take a step back. Um, I understand why um, you feel the way you do, and I think it's kind of just like a 50-50. It could either go completely in one of our favors or the other way. I just am very curious about what they're doing. I actually like their coaching hire a lot. Um, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart have kind of been dinged up the last few years. Their injuries kind of concern me. Tatum's obviously an MVP candidate. Um, Horford coming back, I think is nice. I just really don't know what Brad Stevens was doing in the front office. I think it's nice. They got off Kemba's contract, but, um, I think their depth is pretty questionable. Um, and I, I mean, they lost Evan Fournier after, you know, giving up some pieces to get him. And I honestly don't even know, like, as far as far as their guard depth goes, who they're really going to be starting and who's coming off the bench for them, kind of carrying the ball or, you know, running the show at guard. And I just think that they're, you know, Miami, I think, improved a lot. Brooklyn's obviously going to be really good. 76ers is going to be good regardless if they have Ben Simmons or not. Um, the Bucks are obviously the defending champs. And then, the Hawks proved a lot of people wrong. The Knicks are going to be gritty again. Um, the Hornets will be interesting. So I just think the Celtics are going to fall back a little bit. Obviously, you feel differently, but um, that is my team that's going to take a step back in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> All right, we don't just we don't like like staunchly disagree that often. So this is a fun one. We can that first to watch next year. Um, <laughs> they're they're my team to step up. So I may as well just just kind of respond to what you said. I know I've already mentioned it a bunch of times, but and I'll tell you my one who's going to step back after. But I just think like they did so they 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 got so cute last year. One COVID stuff, but like the year before, they were two wins away from the, the finals, right? The change the team hasn't changed that much. Um, I think the ISO stuff just got too out of control. Like Tatum's awesome, but the nice that he didn't have fifty, it just wasn't working. Like I don't think Jalen Brown's that kind of guy that you just take turns like CJ and Dame do. And I think they'll have like structured roles this time. I think the starters will be smart. Those two. Um, 
Williams and whoever plays the four. But I think the guards are then like it'll be like Peyton Pritchard backing them up. That is the problem. You're right. But in like Josh Richardson, the bench is going to be tough. But I just think I think Brown and Tatum are good enough to carry them night in and night out. And I just I think Stevens was getting old for everybody, everyone involved. I think it's a nice breath of fresh air. And I just think like Tatum's on the brink of like super superstardom. And I think that it's going to go well, but that's so that, so that's my team to step up. As I said, 500 times today. Yeah, can, before you do your step down, I just want to say, can we take a moment to say, talk about the Celtics paying Josh Richardson? Yeah. I don't understand what he did to earn another year. <laughs> I mean, I it, we, trading for him was weird as weird enough. And then they give him more. I don't know. I don't know what he has on, on those guys. Blackmail wise. Yeah. All right. All. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry to cut you off. I had to bring that up. No, I forgot about that. I forgot about the extra year. Um, so it was, I thought a step back in the East is kind of tough. I don't really see anybody slipping that much And Toronto already did. So I couldn't really pick them. Um, I just, I picked the Pacers just because I think, um, I think when this is finally the year, they, they have to break up Sabonis and Turner. And then I just think chasing the AC is getting old. I think they're going to start slow. Um, I don't see anyone on that team really good enough. Like you just, you just described the, the East finally becoming a bit of a, uh, the old West. Like they're, they're, there's no easy wins anymore in the East. Um, so I just don't think they're going to be able to cruise through and beat the bad teams anymore. Like they have been. And I think, um, you know, by February, they'll be shipping pieces left and right to maybe start to rebuild. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not uh, really high on the Pacers either. Um, my team going up. I have uh, said that I have said that they're going to step back for like the last five years though. And they haven't. So I, I should say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a team that I was kind of high, more high on than you were last year. And I think they're going to kind of, I wouldn't say continue to surprise people, but prove that last year wasn't a fluke. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I know la- yeah. I think last year when we first did, you know, our predictions for top eight, um, I had the, them being like a seven, eight seed and you kind of ended them right on the outside. Um, Trey young is obviously a superstar in the making, I really like the depth that they have. Um, they have so many guys they can kind of just throw in and out of starting lineup, whether that's Kurt Herter, um, you know, uh, I don't know why names are escaping me. They get they pay John Collins. Clint Capella is like the greatest steal of all time. Also, I, I don't remember who it was. It might have been on Zach Lowe's podcast that they basically talked about that the Houston Rockets chose, you know, giving up Clint Capella for nothing just to have Russell Westbrook and James Harden play together for a year which was completely true. Um, So, you know, their front court's super solid. Um, Trey obviously can just pull it from anywhere. Herter and all these other guys that kind of contribute. Cam Reddish. Although, did Cam Reddish get traded? I feel like maybe he didn't. His name was – No, he might be – he might ask for one or something like that, but he's – Yeah, I know I've seen his name. There's like some frustration with playing time for him, which I totally get. But they could get something back that's nice for him. Yeah, uh, Gallinari is the other one. They brought him him in last year. I really like their team. I think that um, Nate McMillan's a guy that I've been high on uh, as coach. I think this year is going to be big for him to kind of prove that last year wasn't a fluke. The only thing that I will say that could affect the Hawks, and it's actually completely a Trey Young thing, is the new rule with that him and Harden and these other guys do with the swing through foul, which for one, I love that they're going to get rid of that because it's the most bullshit call in the league. It's so dumb. 
Um, I'm glad they're getting rid of it. And I think that's a big part of Harden and Young's game, of drawing that kind of foul and just getting to the line and getting free points. Um, but I really just like their team. Um, I think they're going to be a top five seed again um, this year. Um, and I think that they could surprise some teams in the playoffs. I don't think you're, they're a team that you want to see because that's a team that can get hot from three. And I think they're pretty solid defensively. Nice. I, I, I hear you on everything you're saying. I just don't know who they passed besides the Knicks. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be just as good as last year, if not better. Um, I have for, uh, for getting better in the West, I actually, I think for getting better for them, it's like, you know, getting into the playoffs by any means necessary. I think Minnesota might finally put it together. <laughs> um, which is a hell of a sentence to say, but it's been like 20 years, but I think if they're healthy, you know, on paper it works, and they close the once they switch coaches with that really weird move they did last year, where like they fired their coach and had the next one ready, like by that by that evening, um, they actually looked way better. I think Finch is his name from the Raptors. Yep. Um, but yeah, D'Lo, Malik Beasley, who didn't, who was like suspended last year or something or hurt, and then Carl uh, Anthony Towns and McDaniel's who we talked about, and they have they have eight or nine, not eight or nine, they have six or seven real NBA players now. And Patrick uh, Beverly now too. Yeah, it's, I mean it's just a nice little pickup. You know, it's another legit twenty minute a game guy that that can play for you. That, that's not Jordan McLaughlin or something like that. Um, I just think that you know Towns is amazing, and they have enough stuff around him to maybe like take take the edge to take make it a little easier on him. And um, I don't know. I think that they'll be at least seven or eight seed, which is a huge improvement for them. Yeah, I hear you on what you're saying. I completely agree that they're going to be better um, defensively. They're still a little concerning to me. Yep. Um, I think Beverly is actually a really good add for them. Also, shout out Patrick Beverly for saying that he was going to have a greater five years than Steph Curry. And then also in the process of getting traded from Memphis to, um, you know, Minnesota, tweeting that he was happy to be a Grizzly. And then, like, literally an hour later, he was gone from there, too. Yeah, uh, maybe, can- wait, maybe wait a day before you start tweeting tweeting stuff. Yeah, Cancun on three, Pat Bev. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, my team up, which I kind of alluded to earlier, is the Memphis Grizzlies. I I don't know what it is because they really didn't add too much in the offseason. And I think a lot of teams in the West are more talented than them. I just really liked the way they played last year. I liked that they got in um, the first round just to give, you know, Ja and Jaron Jackson, these guys, a real playoff experience. I mean, Jackson was hurt most of last year. I think he's going to be a big improvement. Um, and if Ja Morant can continue to shoot the way he did from three in the playoffs like he did last year, um, I think that's going to be a huge thing for them. They're still super young. I think they're really deep. And I actually really liked that Patrick Beverly trade for them getting Jarrett Culver from Minnesota, who really didn't get used a ton. I think he's kind of someone that, with the right coaching, maybe they can refine him and kind of find a role for him. Um, I like that they they have a really young core, and I do like that they kind of have that flexibility also with you know Dylan Brooks and them. Um, that they have another spot for someone um, in the future to um, to kind of add with Ja and Jackson. Um, I do think losing Grayson Allen does hurt them um, a little bit. I think that was a good pickup by the Bucs. Um, but I just really like them, and I don't think they're going to be anything super, super high, but I do think that they could surprise the people and compete for a 5-6 seed. No, I, I wouldn't surprise me at all. They have Their thing is culture. They've been building something 
special there. And I, I think they're just banking on a big Jaron Jackson year. I, I also I didn't mention Anthony Edwards' name once when I was talking about the T Wolves, which I probably should have. <laughs> he had like forty points like three different times last year. So yeah, so just with Minnesota, it's all offensive firepower, so it could be a disaster, but it, it could work too. But yeah, with Memphis, um, they've drafted the like in their spot really well, like at the 15, 16, 17 spot. They keep getting guys that are good. You know, like you said, you mentioned before, like Bain Tillman. They just have kind of a stable of guys who are solid. It seems like they're trying to maneuver for something bigger than what they've, they've been doing and just, you know, have a bunch of wings available and stuff in case anyone comes calling. But, um, yeah, John Jackson I love, and I, I like to coach a lot there too. And then what about uh, stock down for a team for the West to kind of close it off before we talk about Dre and KD? Oh, I think it's Portland. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if I need to really I, – I had the same thing. I mean, I think it's kind of a layup on that. I mean, Damon yeah, even, even if they keep Dame, it's a mess there. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, getting Larry Nance is nice, though. I like him, but um, it's just not enough. They're, they've they've gone as far as they're going to go. I think they're tired of each other. And Bill, I think Billups walked into something that he didn't understand what he was getting himself into. And they way overpaid Powell. Yeah, God. I don't know. I don't, I don't get that at all. Trent's younger – and, like, doesn't need to put the ball on the ground. Yeah, and then they lose Zach Collins, too, and just – I mean, they lose Mello, too, who is one of their better players. It's just like, shit, they're a mess. <laughs> yeah, they're just – I don't see them – I don't see them getting better at all, and I just think they're they're probably a 10 or 11 seed next year. Yeah, and then, of course, if they do slip in, Dame will probably just go bananas and average 45, but that, that'll be something to be seen. Um, and then to close it off, and we had kind of talked about this a little bit before um, leading up to the show. I know – so KD and Draymond obviously had – KD went on Draymond's, you know, podcast or whatever it is, show, whatever you want to call it. And they kind of just hashed out all the beef over the years, you know, about, you know, Draymond calling out KD in front of the whole team, the whole scene, everything happening. And I know that you have some uh, opinions you would like to share on that whole thing. Yeah, I just, I just, they just look us right in the eye and treat us like we're idiots. Like, especially Kevin Durant. Like, he's amazing, but he called Jay Williams a liar from a direct quote. He called Jackie McMullen a liar from a direct quote that they said they heard him say. Like, how many times is this going to happen before we, we realize that he's just lying after he says the shit? Like, Draymond called him a bitch to his face and then he stopped talking to his teammates and he left for Brooklyn, which I understand. I mean, if you want to handle it that way, that's fine. But fucking a year later for them to sit down and be like, it's Steve Kerr's fault because they like told Draymond to nothing. They said even made sense. They talked in circles for like three minutes. And then afterwards, a bunch of magazines and Twitter accounts and journalists ran with it. Like they didn't interrogate it. They didn't like sit. I heard Bill Simmons was one guy that was like, yeah, this is all bullshit. And of course he got crap for that. Cause he's, you know, there's he's a lot Bill of Simmons. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of levels to that, but like, he was right. Like I, and yesterday I saw a tweet from Bleacher Report a quote from Carmelo Anthony that was like, Carmelo said he never wanted to leave the Nuggets. Like, why would you even run that? I don't care if you're repeating an exact quote of his. Why would you even let him make that? Of course he wanted to leave the Nuggets. Like, I don't know. The pro player stuff has just gotten a little bit out of control. I, I'm glad they have power, but you, if you challenge these guys in any of this stuff now, they're like, RK, we're never going to talk to you again. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of exhausting. Yeah, I was pretty confused with it just because – Dre straight up asked KD if their argument was a reason why he decided to leave and then like this and that. And then like you said, they like 
beat around the bush for three minutes, never addressed it, and then all of a sudden it was just all on Steve Kerr, which I do think there was always some tension between Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant, but the whole situation was just like so weird because obviously the team wanted Draymond to apologize. Like you said, he literally called Kevin Durant a bitch to his face and basically said, you don't want to be here anymore. And I think at the end of the day, like I told you, if Kevin Durant really wanted to stay in Golden State because he wanted to win championships and play with Steph and Clay, he probably could have walked into the office and said, if you don't get rid of Draymond, I'm gone. And I would assume, even though Draymond's done a lot for that team, I don't know if they would have chose Draymond. Yeah, I, I, I know. And, like, they still would have won, too. Like, yeah. Maybe if Clay doesn't even get hurt, they probably, they probably still win. Like, he had, like, 34. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Durant just doesn't want to take accountability for anything. Like, you went, you, you left your hometown team to go to Golden State, which is fine with me. I don't care. But for you, for him to, like, get act like he's shocked by the response to it. I don't know. He spent his whole career just being like, what are you guys talking about? When it's like, you know exactly what everyone's talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just very weird player. Obviously, one of the best in the world. But, like, from a media perspective, he's been so up and down. Like, I actually respected him when he was on the Warriors, when he was getting asked all these questions, and he's just like, you know, I want to focus on basketball. Let me focus on this. And then, like, years later now, it's just like everything you say is just, like, so, like, corrected. And, like you said, you say one wrong thing to the players, and, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's like, okay, well, we're trying to put you in a good light here, and you just won't say shit to us, so. Right. Like, you see when, like, Woj announces, like, these guys signing, it could be – the second string bomb and it's like this guy's last season proves that he's a very like like you can tell it's straight from the horse's mouth and they're like you if you want this scoop you have to say this you know what i mean it's just they they just they run the show now which is i guess they're the talent i guess it works out but it, i don't i don't know maybe i'm the problem yeah <laughs> yeah um that's pretty much gonna do it for today's episode appreciate everyone for tuning in i'm sure we'll be talking again in a few weeks where we can probably give our East and Western Conference top eight predictions. Um, we'll get to talk some more NBA stuff. Um, I'm really excited. I finally got my half season for the Heat, so I finally know all the games I'll be going to, so I'm excited for that. I'll be able to give some live perspective um, for the Heat this year. I'm excited for their season, but I'm, I'm sure we'll be in talks in the next couple of weeks. We'll see if there's any more trades or um, injuries that happen, and we'll uh, talk then. Sounds good, man. See you then. Yep. Connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.